0: Hello and welcome to this week's episode of Sarah Fisher Talks Connective Parenting. Now, this week I want to talk to you about baskets. And I know some of you will be like, Baskets? What? What does that mean? Come on, Sarah, tell us. This is, I think, one of my favourite parts of MVR. And it's something that you can use in all areas of your life. So, yep, absolutely. I'm going to talk about it from a parental perspective. Uh, but I use it in every aspect of my life to help me stay organised, help me reduce the overwhelm, to know what I'm dealing with. And it's really a way that you can prioritise where you're going to put your energies. What are you going to deal with first? And so often as parents, we can feel overwhelmed by the amount we're trying to do not just in terms of supporting our child, particularly if they're struggling, um, but also, you know, the paperwork that comes with children. I mean, seriously, how much paperwork comes with kids? It's ridiculous. School paperwork and maybe EHC paperwork and maybe you've got DLA and then all the household paperwork and keeping on top of everything and just making sure they've got everything they need. So in England, with schools going back next week, you may be like me and doing that last minute, ah, school uniform doesn't fit anymore and trying to order everything and make sure you've got everything. So all of this stuff can feel really overwhelming if we don't have a way of deciding where our energy is going to go and where we're going to prioritise. And so this approach, as I say in NVR, we call it baskets, is a way of prioritising where you're going to put your energy. And I think it is brilliant. And I know that lots of the parents I work with, both in the Connective Parenting Hub and on a one-to-one basis, really like this approach for taking the pressure off them. And that's the important thing, is helping to release the pressure off yourself as parents. So if, like me, you have a tendency to, uh, how should I put this, nag your children then this is really good. It's going to help to reduce the nagging. And we all know that on the whole, nagging doesn't work. We might think it does. And we might think that if we tell our child to do something 28 times, they're more likely to do it. They're probably not. They're probably more likely to switch off. You're probably likely to get more annoyed with them. And it's probably going to get worse. So let's think about what this approach means. going to take you through a little exercise now. Um, So if you're out walking, have a listen. And when you get back, do it. Because I know there's a lot of you that listen to this podcast when you're out walking. Um, I want you to think about all of the things that annoy you, frustrate you, irritate you, you don't think are acceptable. um, Anything else that your child does along those lines. Now, I want you to think about one of your children first. And if you parent with a partner, I want them to do this exercise as well. If you can get them to do it separately, because it's really important to write down what worries you. Take a few minutes, write that list down. Now, if it's got four things on it, that's fine. If it's got 400 on it, that is fine. And I promise you, I have seen steam coming off parents' pencils and pens when they are writing this list. Okay, So it doesn't matter how long or short the list is. I know that we can feel bad as parents if we're writing a really long list. It can make us think like, oh, crikey, I'm the worst parent. Look, at this is ridiculous. Or my child is really awful. Don't worry. We're going to start resolving those with this approach. So you're writing down this big, long list of things you want to, you know, you don't like. And from that list, and if you're doing this with a partner, you're going to compare those lists. That in itself, for some of you, is an eye-opening experience. I cannot tell you the number of couples I've worked with who've had really different things on their lists and not always realised what it is that's winding their other half up. So it's really good exercise to do to, if nothing else, get you both on the same page in terms of what frustrates you, what irritates you, what you like, you know, all of those things, because it might help you realise, oh, when that happens, that's why they're getting so frustrated. Or I need to handle that so they don't get so frustrated. So it's a really good thing to do together. So when you've got your lists, I want you to look at them and pull out the top one or two max priority behaviours that you want to stop. Now, if you are experiencing violence from your child, child and parent violence, I would say that the violence needs to be in the top basket. It's not about dealing with the trigger, That creates the violence it's about stopping the violence if we create if we focus on the trigger that stops the violence yes the violence might stop but it might pop up somewhere else because we're not necessarily dealing with the reasons they are being violent in response to something now if dealing with the trigger and making that your priority helps you to support them in managing their emotions differently then absolutely you can put the trigger behavior in there but it's the violence that needs to stop. Now, some of you will be listening to this and going, We don't have violence. Absolutely fine. Maybe you have a 13 year old who's very determined and likes to share his or her opinion with you and is very clear on what they will and won't do. That could be your top priority behavior. Or you might have, um, you know, uh, verbal abuse, for example, or swearing, or you might have just. I'm going to say just, I don't mean just at all, but, you know, refusing to do schoolwork or tidy up around the home or being horrible to their brother or sister. It doesn't matter what you put in the top priority basket, whatever is top priority for you. That is what goes in that basket. It's not a, a comparing to your neighbours kind of a game, if that makes sense. And I know sometimes you think, "Oh, things aren't that bad in this house, so I won't use this approach. Use it. It will help all of you as a family, I promise. So you've got your two priority behaviours and they're going in your red or your small basket and they are there to really help you know that that is where all of your energy is going. Everything is going on resolving those behaviours. So you'll be making sure that your natural and logical consequences where appropriate, you'll be having deferred conversations. If you're talking about things between escalations, it will be all kind of potentially lined up with that to help them think about other ways that they can manage those situations or those emotions. So everything is going into resolving those things. And while you're parenting as a couple, you need to agree what's in that top basket. So you really work together with your child to resolve that issue. And then if you've got more than 10 things on your list, the next three or four things are going to go in your amber basket. Now, not everybody uses an amber basket, but it's kind of the next priority things and you're going to pick them up. um, Maybe not every single time you're going to kind of take a judgment call um, as to whether raising it in the moment is a wise idea or not. Now, not everyone uses an amber basket. Some people put everything in the next basket, which is the low priority or green basket. So if you wanted, you could just have your small top priority red basket with your two things in it and everything else in your green basket. It's entirely up to you. The things that go in your green basket for now, you are ignoring. Now, I know there's going to be some of you who've just heard me and gone, what? No, I'm not ignoring things. No, 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 Sarah, I'm not ignoring things. And I know that because parents tell me that. When I'm working with them. And they look at me as if I've gone mad when I say I need you to, you know, ignore these behaviours. But if those smaller things are, I don't know, for example, table manners, or even being defiant, if you have violent behaviour in your family, we know that often those things are the um, antecedent behaviours to the bigger behaviours, they're the triggers. So if we can stop those things and not Uh, create escalations out of them, we end up in the bigger escalations less. So for example, if your child's table manners drive you nuts and you're kind of like, oh, why can't they just eat with a knife and fork and with their mouth closed and, you know, do all those kind of things that many of us would think were normal table manners and should be done. If we cannot get frustrated when those things are happening, we don't, often end up in the bigger behaviours because what happens is we start to get more and more wound up as we're sitting at the table with our child so we'll be picking a little bit more don't do that stop eating like that can you just eat with your knife and fork please come on it's not difficult just eat with your knife and fork can you close your mouth please stop talking with a mouthful come on don't flick baked beans across the table and on and on We're getting more and more wound up by it and consequently our child is. And as they're getting more and more wound up, they're winding us up more. And you can see where this is going. Very quickly, it escalates and becomes something much bigger than it needed to be. Whereas if we just sit at the table and ignore the fact that our child is eating with their mouth open, however hard that might be, but if we ignore it, we are less likely to create a bigger escalation. We are therefore creating a calmer home and more opportunity to talk to our child about the things they struggle with to help them find solutions. So that is why we need to be thinking about this. We need to be thinking, the less I react, the calmer the home, the more opportunities I have to create those conversations that help us resolve the struggles that we're having. Now, I know that is not easy. I 100% understand that. But it does work and also sometimes our children do those smaller things because they know they're going to get a reaction so when we don't react over time they stop doing them now I'm not saying with something like table manners don't teach your child how to use a knife or fork of course and don't teach them good table manners but if you know they can do it and they're maybe choosing not to don't pick an argument over it leave them to it so absolutely, you know, if you're if they're needing to learn how to use a knife and fork, teach them how to use a knife and fork. But then don't create an issue if they choose not to, because we know that lots of our children have perfect table manners when they're around at their friend's house having tea. If we're ever allowed to do that again. Um, but at home, well, you know, what's the point? Most food can be eaten with our fingers. So why not? And, you know, does wind dad up a little bit or mum up a little bit. So let's give it a go and see how we go. And I think that's what we need to be thinking about. You know, those smaller things are really frustrating. So put it in the green basket, do everything you can to not get frustrated about it and annoyed and irritated. And I know that's not easy as a parent. I really do understand that's not always easy. Mm -hmm. But by doing that, we are really starting to change things at home. And if you're ignoring it, there's something very um, empowering about deciding which battles you're picking and the advantage of the baskets approach is you are then being very consistent with the battles you're picking because we all know that the days we're tired and frustrated we may pick different battles to the days when we're full of energy so a child is getting an inconsistent message and that's not easy for them so when we use the baskets approach we're able to be very consistent with how we are um which battles we're picking and how we're managing those situations so hopefully this has made sense i think this approach and i know from talking to parents it's very much loved um, and lots of them find it really really helpful in terms of reducing the stress stopping them nagging making sure where they're parenting as a couple that they're really um coming from the same place and they're working together with it And it does provide that consistency. So have a go at this. Think about how is this going to work? You know, what are my lists? And don't worry if that list is really long. Honestly, don't worry about it because it will get shorter over time. And what I would say is once you've decided on your baskets, don't change it on a weekly basis. The basket stays set until that behaviour in the red basket has really, really reduced, if not gone completely. So this isn't something that every Sunday night you go, ooh, what shall I put in my red basket this week? Oh, I know I'll have that this week. It needs longer so that your child really gets the message and knows they need to stop. Give this a go. If you would like more help, more support, we've got more training on this in the Connective Parenting Hub in, in more detail. I'm there to help you. I can help you work out what you want in each basket and you know where you should go with it. So you're more than welcome to come and join us. You can find the details on my website. I'll put a link in the show notes um, or it's the Connective Parenting Hub and we can give you lots of support. I think this is one of the most empowering parts of this process because as parents, it's putting you in control and it really does make a difference. What I would also say is it's worth when you've done this, doing a basket for all the positive things that you love about your child you've just spent time looking at all the things you don't like, write a list of all the things you do like. Reconnect yourself with the positive things that you love about their child, your child, you know, their sense of humour, their caring side, their funny side, you know, whatever it is, write it down and keep that list somewhere. So when you're having those days when you want to tear your hair out because they're driving you nuts, you can look at that list and it makes a really big difference. So hopefully that has been helpful. As I said, there's lots more training if you want and support available in the Connective Parenting Hub. Um, And you can put this kind of in there and think about how you can use it. You can ask us any questions, all of those things. But have a go at this and hopefully it will help you take away some of the pressure. And if you feel like you're nagging, taking away that need to nag. So that is all for this week's episode of Sarah Fisher Talks Connective Parenting. I look forward to seeing you next time. Bye.